What's up, everything? The St. Louis Blues made all our dreams come true by drafting the Slovakian sensation Dollarville Dvorsky with the 10th overall pick in the NHL draft. As for their other two picks, they made them, and some Blues fans are very upset because people on Twitter like to pretend that they know a lot about 18-year-old Swedish boys. Hockey's the only situation where that's remotely okay to say, but I said it anyway, so let's get started and let's go blue. <laughs> Everybody's gonna pay Cause the million dollar man Always gets his way <laughs> money, 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 money. Some might cost a little Cost a lot, but I'm the million dollar man, and you will be bought. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. It feels like just a few days ago that we were recording a podcast, and here we are on the night of the 2023 NHL draft first round uh, to talk about the Blues uh, standing pat and picking players with their uh, all their picks. That's what happened today, uh, and I think that's a surprise to most of us. We'll talk about that decision after we talk about the players. Um Obviously, it takes two to tango, and that's part of that discussion as well. Uh, there weren't any trades, at least unless we we kind of left the room at pick 29, so it's unless something crazy happened. Uh, there are no trades in the first round, um, and very pretty boring uh, play-by-the-rules kind of night. So um, the Blues walk away with three picks. We love the first pick. The second pick, we're going to pretend to know things about Ian, uh, at the end of draft night, how are you feeling? Fantastic. I I mean, this is the most picks the Blues have had in the first round in a very long time since whatever it was, 2008. Um, it's a lot. And it's it's nice. It's fun. I mean, I will, will admit that, yes, I was hoping for some sort of like crazy trade, maybe not for the 10th pick or anything, but, you know, some sort of movement. By honestly anyone. After a while, it was like, it doesn't have to be the Blues, just be somebody. And there wasn't any of that. But I will say with the picks the Blues made, um, at least it doesn't seem like any of them are like terrible picks. I mean, they seem they seem good, good to great to 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 all right at like 29, and we'll talk about it. But overall, I think it was a pretty solid draft. I don't think you can look what the Blues did and say like you're disappointed by the first round by any means um mm -hmm. which i think is a good thing right especially when you have three picks i think being able to hit like two two out of three i'm not i'm i don't know what can you ask one out of three a freaking dollar bill dvorsky makes it and as an impact player i don't give two shits about 25 and 29 so um so yeah with that in mind i just think overall they had a they had a very good solid draft yeah, I just um I do love 
the uh, Monday morning quarterbacks on Twitter already declaring this a disaster of the draft. Um, oh, yeah. I don't understand. I, I mean, we'll talk about it, but like, I just don't understand how when you have three first round picks, you don't have a second round pick. Um, so like, you're going to, I don't know, you're gonna, if there's going to be a time to take a project, it's going to be your later, your last, your latest pick in the first round. And it seems like that's kind of what they did a little bit with their defenseman there. And uh-huh. also, and also the fact that, I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, as we've talked about lots, we don't actually need a defenseman because we have all of them forever. So we don't, we don't really need anyone to show up anytime soon if that's if this is the way the Blues go. But and it, and I think the other thing too is you always want to be drafting. I think still for best player available. So like the best player available is a center, and you have a bunch of centers. Just draft them and trade that dude away. If he is great, you can trade him away for something else, right? Like there's ways to get defensemen in the door. I'm not destroyed by the fact that they only got one so far. And I mean, heck they've got, I forget how many picks left. I think they have more than four. Um, You can get defensemen there. It's not unheard of. I feel like where defensemen can actually come out of like later rounds because they're guys that grow into their bodies and take longer to, to mature and stuff. So I don't know. I'm just not, it's not, destroying me that they they went with um god i don't even know his name steen steenland what's his name steven uh otto stenland is that who no we got otto there? stenberg is the guy we otto stenberg, my bad. Wait, is that who we got we got otto stenberg yes jesus christ I, you'd think we had just watched this who's the you'd defenseman think. though theo lindstein oh yeah there's too many there's stenbergs and lindsteins I mean, I don't know. We can go in order. Well, I'll I'll save I'll save my my thoughts if we want to go in order here. Sure, we might as well. Um, let's start with the positive news, the unquestionably positive news, probably the greatest pick in the history of <laughs> profession of professional hockey. Uh, it's Dollar Bill Dvorsky falling to the tenth pick, which is. You know, I think in the range of where some people thought he might be available, but definitely mm-hmm. um, not guaranteed to make it that far. Um, Ian and I had highlighted this guy as a guy we wanted, obviously, because of the name. Um, his real name, well, this is the only time we'll ever say it, is Dalavir Dvorsky. Uh, we will only call him Dollar Bill Dvorsky on this <laughs> podcast. That is a rule, and we're fine it's with true. that. That's just um, it. Sorry. That's, 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 that's the rules. They're quacking. You gotta come up. <laughs> <laughs> gotta come up. Um, but uh, no, but like, I mean, jokes about his name aside, I have watched him uh, at the World Junior championship i want to say he's been there the last two years uh and he has been a really good player for slovakia um and uh has a you know a bright future obviously a highly rated pick obviously when you're picking in the top 10 even at the bottom of the top 10 you're getting a better prospect than when you pick 26th overall like we've been doing a lot lately so um very excited about that pick very happy overall uh with that selection i know a lot of i know a lot of people are going to i i I just know that a lot of people will um will uh crap all over the blues draft um for going you know with the players they did in the 25th and 29th 
uh, positions, especially with who was still available, but definitely really happy about Dollar Bill. How do you feel? Yeah, I'm I'm excited they got him again, if not just for the name. It seemed like this was somebody that was going to be in the back half of the top 10 and had potential to go, you know, even higher than 10th place where we got him. I mean, there was a lot of different rankings where he was even as high as like sixth. So to have him at 10, I think was really great value. And he's a goal scorer. He's a center. He might play obviously like wing um, in the in the league or in the NHL. But um, I think just having a guy that's like, a shifty goal scorer, you, I don't know. It's one of those things where I just feel like you can't have enough of that. It's the hardest thing to do in the NHL score goals. So having more of that in your pipeline is really good because I think for a long time, the Blues, um, you know, maybe prior to Cairo, like we're always, hey, it's a two-way forward. Hey, it's a two-way forward. I mean, even Tage Thompson before he turned into mm. what he was now was just some two-way forward guy. Jake Neighbors. Hope you know. I'm hoping he does great things in the NHL, two way forward. And it's like, at some point, you do want to be able to say, "Hey, we drafted this guy for skill. We drafted this guy for his scoring potential." I mean, I'm sure there's other guys like Robbie Fabry um, that you can think of that they drafted that had some of that scoring potential. But to me, this kind of sticks out as like you haven't had someone that you've wanted to draft with this much score potential since Tarasenko, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to get to that point, but like he has like the the ceiling to be somebody that scores a lot of goals in this league. Um, and like, and two, it seems like for a young guy, he's actually fairly decent defensively. So like, you know, that's always something with these forwards that they're like, oh, they got to work on defense and what have you. But um, I like it. I like it a lot. The Blues don't seem to normally have. Um, any Slovakian players really like mm-hmm. just at least in recent memory. Well, like, he is, that's because he's a, actually a Swede, but he's not, but he is, you know, cause he was playing in Sweden. Oh yeah. No, isn't he playing in Switzerland or do he play in Sweden? Or, no, sorry. No, you're right. Sweden, Sweden. You're right. Okay. I have, that's what I thought. And then my words got mixed up in the <laughs> mouth. Um, yeah. I played in Sweden, um, which all three of these players did. So I don't know if they just had a scout up there that was like, hold on, hold on, I'm doing something. <laughs> That's what he told Keith Kachuk. Uh, but yeah, it's it'll be interesting. Well, who's the last like Slovak player that played for this team? I'm sure it wasn't Saboka, but it feels like it was Saboka. I think it might have been Saboka. It was like Marcel Gotch. No, he was a German. I'm just thinking no. of random, random one-offs. He was the last player of note that played for the Blues that was Slovakian. Um, yeah, I, I'm just happy that it was somebody that we thought maybe they could get and they actually went with it rather than going like some weird route and grabbing, I don't know, a reach for some defenseman there or something like that. So I was thrilled. Yeah, uh, I think absolutely a good pick. Um, uh, a po- wow, sorry, I've got the hiccups right now. Um a uh, a player that you want to have as part of your uh, lineup, a player that I would say probably immediately becomes the you know best player in your draft in your prospect pool. Um, Corey Pronman said Dvorsky is quite dangerous inside the offensive zone. He has excellent puck skills in small areas and can make checkers miss routinely in open ice. He can make tough plays and find seams. He excels as a goal scorer, though, with a wrist shot and one timer that he can often finish from range. 
Dvorsky's compete is good. He wins puck battles and he isn't shy from using his body. Like a lot of shooters, he can stay too much on the perimeter instead of taking it to the net, but I never watch his games and think he lacks effort. His foot speed is going to be an issue for higher levels. I think with his offensive talent, his work ethic, and strong and consistent track record of scoring, he finds a way to become a very important part of an NHL lineup, but I'm less sure of whether he sticks down the middle or has to be a winger due to his skating. Um, and that's fine, honestly. I mean, if this dude becomes like a Tarasenko comparable or something like that, I'm certainly not complaining, you know? So, um, as I, Scott Wheeler, as I, Scott Wheeler said, he's highly talented and intelligent playmaker who can threaten coverage in a variety of ways, whether that's carving through in, in control and finishing cleanly from home plate area or sliding off of coverage to find pockets of space to get open into or drawing coverage and facilitating. He does a wonderful job hanging on to pucks and waiting for options to open. He'll occasionally force things, but he usually finds his way through with the skill, strength on pucks, and smarts. His statistical profile is really strong and continues to progress. Um, and he continued to progress in the skating, which will keep uh, will keep it that way in the NHL. I expect he'll be picked a little lower than this, but still like him edge in the top ten, which he did. Um, I mean, it seems like a guy where it's like. He has all the tools to be an NHL player. It's just so long as he keeps developing like he's supposed to, he will be there. You know, there's like mm-hmm. a slight skating deficiency, but if he's got all those other tools, he can make up for that. I think of all the time, whenever I think of slight skating deficiency, I'm like, Ryan O'Reilly plays hockey. So like, I'm like, mm-hmm. that's possible. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just nice to be able to like restock on like a high end talent. I mean, I know Snuggerud actually is, seems like he's going to be really good too, but it just to have someone in the top 10 and to be able to say this is probably your best prospect now, you know, if not tied with Snuggerud, depending mm-hmm. on, you know, how they look, it's just cool because for the longest time, the Blues got people, you know, late in the first or even in the second. And you were just kind of like, well, that's a good, you know, their comparables are always like, that's a good third line winger or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, this is going to be anytime they're like, you can play some really solid fourth line minutes. I'm like, we drafted a fourth line. Or, uh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think too, like with him, with Dvorsky and Snuggerud and Bolduck, there's a lot of like scoring threat in mm-hmm. the pipeline, I about Bolduc. which is something we haven't had much of, you know, lately. Um, and so I think, I think it looks good. I think we, you know, I think we're probably missing that kind of distributor playmaker center. Um, mm-hmm. At least one that can be, you know, towards the top of the lineup. I mean, Zach Dean may have some of that in him and um, Bulldog may as well, but like, uh, you know, it's just going to be interesting to watch, uh, but I really like the pick even, you know, I love the name, uh, but <laughs> but uh, love him as a player too, and I don't think I like. I don't think anybody went after him that I would have rather had too. You know, like if we traded up somehow and got Mitchkov, great. But um, that didn't yeah. happen and wasn't obviously on the car, on the table for the Blues. So right, and I don't think there's too many people ahead of him that we could have realistically gotten either. I mean, like that I'd hope would have sank even further to us or something. I mean, obviously you want any of those top five guys, but. Like, really, it just felt like, um, who was the other guy? Ryan Leonard that Washington took, you know, your Matthew Kachuk light was kind of the other guy I would have wanted at 10. Um, so, mm-hmm. and it was nice to see that 
that Detroit right before us did not sneak in and get a guy out of the Swedish league because that feels like that's like their freaking MO. Oh, yeah. uh, I was like, here we go. So it was nice, nice that he, you know, quote unquote, fell to us. Um, and it turned out the way that it did. Yeah. Um, moving on to our next pick, there's not a lot else to discuss here because uh, there were no trades or anything. Fucking nothing happened. Yeah. God damn it, NHL. We'll uh, talk about that too. The consensus word for Otto Stenberg, the Blues' twenty-fifth overall pick, uh, seems to be safe. A lot of a lot of the words safe. I thought you were going to say steady, which would be yeah, it's, or steady, but it's synonym. Um, but you know, probably I do. I do want to mention this because I think this is true about him, and especially about uh, Steingrafen or whatever, whoever we <laughs> I forget his name. Uh, what is his name? We picked. Uh, Oh, this isn't even updated. God damn it, Athletic. Our friend, uh, Theo Lindstein. See, I knew Stein was part of it. Yeah, it's um, so hard. Otto Steinberg, Lindstein. People analyze the draft, and I get it. It's draft night. You want to have fun. You want to think big. But, like, people think about late first-round picks like, oh, we should have drafted a star. You know, mm-hmm. like, like, why didn't we go for the guy with the highest ceiling potential? And and I get that. You want that. But, like, let's be very clear. If um, – why can I not fucking remember this guy's name? <laughs> if um, – He's Lindstein, a loser. If Lindstein goes and becomes a, a steady third-pairing defenseman, he will be, like, on the – on the positive side of the bell curve of 29th overall picks, you know, like that is that low in the draft. I mean, anybody who's seen the fall off for, um, you know, draft pick and, and value in the NHL, it's pretty steep. And 29th pick is virtually indistinguishable from a third round pick in terms of like likelihood of making an NHL player with it. So people need to keep that in mind. We weren't going to go and, you know, there might have been an Eric Carlson in the, uh, or, uh, you know, David Pasternak or whoever in Mm. the um, bottom of this round. uh, And maybe we missed him, but nobody knows that that was David Pasternak now because we would have, they would have picked him, you know, a lot higher. So, like, like, you just don't know. Yeah. I think so, it's it's a much bigger deal when you're like you go off the board and with your only first round pick, or you go mm-hmm. off the board with your super early first round pick. But when you got three, and like I said, you don't have a second round pick, so maybe this is a guy that you think. I don't know if this is the way they were thinking. Maybe it was. Maybe it's what pissed off Keith Kachuk. But it's like maybe they're thinking this guy might be available in the second round, but we don't even have a second round pick. Like he's going to be gone before we have another pick. And we do really like him a lot. Maybe they had a scout that's like, dude, we really love this guy. And like, there's some other players that could be better than him, you know, at this spot right here. But like, I really love him and he's, he's going to be gone for sure. And maybe he just, they just had someone really rep that guy. And I think when you have three first round picks, you can do that. Like, I don't know. It's just, you have a lot of capital. So it doesn't really, it doesn't bother me that much. And again, yeah. like you said, you just, you don't know. So unless you're grabbing like way, just, just freaking out of your mind down the line where it's like, dude, this dude's going sixth round or something like 
Theo Lindstein's ranked like 58th on this like Scott Wheeler list. So like, yeah, it's it's a second rounder possibly on like rankings, but maybe they just love him. Maybe they had a lot. They seem to have had a lot of scouts in Sweden. So maybe they just know something that they've seen or they like something they've seen. Yeah. Um, Otto Steinberg. <laughs> so yes, Otto Steinberg. Jr. just tweeted a picture of Steinberg and Steinberg and Lindstein. Well, fuck, got it. <laughs> it's over. It's that's fucking over. That's how I build the easier. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, they're hugging as Blues draftees, and he says Steinberg and Lindstein are friends, and they both know Dvorsky too. Um, so yeah, take that, take that, put that in your Connor Bedard fucking pipe and smoke. <laughs> How many friends does he have on that team? Huh? Yeah, Zero. Not, one, not one. You're going to call Taylor Hall a friend. Taylor Hall's a snake. <laughs> that actual <laughs> snake. Uh, all right. So let's talk about Steinberg, Lindenstein, Gerlson, Stein. Otto Stenberg. Uh, according to Corey Promen, there's a lot to like about Stenberg's game. He is a great strong skater with good hands who can be a threat in transition. His shot is excellent. And Stenberg is often a threat to score from the faceoff dots. Although I don't know if that will be his role as an, on an NHL power play. Stenberg isn't the biggest forward, but he gives an honest effort every night and doesn't shy away from going into traffic. His hockey sense is good enough to score at higher levels, but he certainly, more of a shooter than a passer he's listed as a center but it's like we are pro winger i could see him as a second or third line wing in the nhl so you know looks like a pretty similar guy to um Dvorsky. lower quality argue obviously because of his relative draft capital the blues seem to be really really bought into the best player available mentality um mm-hmm. Or, or just like picking the player they like, you know, even if they get guys in the same mold, even if they get a couple of, of similar guys, like they, they really like getting the guy that they like, which I, you know, I can't complain. Uh, any thoughts, any more thoughts on uh, Stenberg here? Um, I was just reading some of the stuff that Wheeler had, and it's, I mean, he seems like he's a relatively dynamic scorer. So I love the way he attacks on angles to help prevent, help prevent defenders from taking him one-on-one and to take pucks from the perimeter to the interior and create chaos around the slot. When he plays with pace and intention, he seems to have the puck all the time, and he's both effective and flashes the skill in all three zones. There have been times where he looks like he's trying a little too hard to impress and make things happen instead of allowing the game to come to him, but even when things aren't going his way, the points aren't falling, or the, and the points aren't falling. He's always liked his involvement uh, at any level, so it's hard to get down on him. He's a smooth skater. He's got smooth hands. He's patient under pressure and can find his way out of trouble, weaving and swerving through holes or away from sticks. He's quick side to side on wall jumps and drags, and he likes to try to take the one-on-one, which can result in some high-end plays, but also some turnovers. He's a first-round talent who passes the eye test, and I think it's only a matter of time until he starts to produce more consistently. I don't think anyone who is familiar with this game would be surprised if he became a contributing top nine forward at the NHL level someday. So, I mean, yeah, it's... I think that's about what you get at like the twenties, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes you can get somebody like Robert Thomas or folks falling down, but even he was like twenty or something, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you're getting you're getting into the mid rounds there or and the mid twenties. 
don't forget all the people who are want to overreact to these picks. Uh, there were people that thought Robert Thomas was a reach when we took him at 20. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of people. Like, that was the general consensus at the time. So you don't know what you're talking about. The draft experts barely know what they're talking about. Take a chill pill. Enjoy yourself oh, yeah. a little bit. I remember, and I mean, I get this not, I'm just some dude, and there's other people that should know better before me, but, like, Tage Thompson didn't seem all that exciting, honestly, other than being tall. And yeah. even Jake Neighbors, I remember at the time, kind of being like, eh, yeah, seems like a player. Jimmy Snugger last year. Yeah, even like, Snugger oh, is like, eh. Like, honestly, you get to the next, you get to them starting to play um, in your system, like at the rookie camp that'll be like next week and stuff. And you get uh, to seeing them or hearing about them for a year. And all of a sudden you're like, well, shit, Adam Stenberg's like playing like really well. And it's like, yeah. oh, all of a sudden you're like, what the heck? I mean, that's, yeah, that's what I remember thinking about Robert Thomas. I'm like, yeah, that's a player. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, he's like one of the best players in the OHL. And you're like, what? <laughs> and it's just like, okay. They they can develop really quickly. I was just thinking that reading the Stenberg um, stuff from Wheeler was like whenever they talk about players like trying to do too much and trying to impress. I'm like, yeah, because they probably, you know, they know this is their draft year. I'm not saying he doesn't know that. Like he does too, but like. It just always makes me think, you know what, a guy that they you might already like or the scouts might already like is really good, but they're like, oh, sometimes he presses too much. Maybe they don't press anymore. <laughs> like it becomes much less once they've been drafted and that deficiency kind of goes away a bit. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think, too, the fact that these guys play in Sweden, um, I think like I'm trying to think. I don't know if he played what level he played at, but like some of these guys are playing against men right and it's like it's just yeah it's a different league i know in the swedish league it's a little bit harder to score it's not it's no qmjhl um so like looking at some of their numbers isn't going to be overly impressive but like i think that's where you get scouts that say hey this is still a really good player in this league and those points are going to show up on the sheet when they come over to the north america and they get used to the ice and all that stuff so Mm -hmm. i don't know it's a i like i like a steady pick you want someone that you you don't you don't want to reach for everything or you don't want to like try and go for a big home run with everybody, you know, where it's like, Oh, this guy could be the next Philip Forsberg, or he could just be absolutely fucking nothing. And it's like, yeah, you want to draft players sometimes where you're like, will this guy be in the NHL? And they're like, yes, he will be. And you're like, okay, good. I want that because if I only hit on one guy in this draft, that's pretty fucked. I need to at least be like, okay. I kind of actually like how they tiered this. They're like number 10, this is going to be like our, our big guy. Now we got a steady dude after that. And then our next pick is going to be sort of like our reach of like, eh, this should work for us. Maybe, you know, a bit of a project. You got your, you got your tier list. Also, and we go, you know, I think we say this every year, but I think, I think the Blues front office should have earned, obviously hasn't earned, but should have earned a lot of trust with drafting players. Like they right. consistently hit. Obviously, no team is hitting on every pick, and obviously, you would say we're not quite like the the um, Lightning or you know maybe one of those teams. But like we hit more often than we miss, especially in the first round. Um, if you look at our recent drafts, like Snuggerud seems to be a stud. Um, Jake Neighbors is going to be an NHL player. Zachary Boldick is going to be an NHL player. Robert Thomas, obviously great. Jordan Kyra is a second round pick. Even if you go back further and look at like Barbashev's Pareko's, mm-hmm. like these are guys that are all drafted by Armstrong and all turned out to be fine. And there's only one 
first round bust in the entire Armstrong era. That's Jordan Schmaltz, the only player that you can even argue was a bust in the first round. Um, I mean, I guess you could argue Clem Costin until this year, but and Dominic Bach, who I guess we got rid of, but like, mm-hmm. you know, that's just it's a very high success record. And again, that's not necessarily true with late first round picks, which is most of who we've had. So uh, a couple more things from Pronman about Stenberg. He says that he was the captain of Sweden's U18 team this season, got extended time in the SHL with Prolunda. His performance in Sweden's J20 league wasn't as good as expected, but he scored very well in that league as a 16-year-old. He was a top scorer at the Holinka Gretzky this summer and at the U18s in the spring. And then he added... Denberg is a good all-around winger who can play with pace, compete well, and has a good goal scoring ability. I'm surprised the Blues picked yet another winger with a first-round pick, but they must have felt he was a no-doubt-about-it talent at 25. I'm not quite as high on him, but I think he can be a second or third-line forward in the NHL. And then on uh, – oh, wait, I don't want to jump ahead that high, uh, but let me go back and read uh, what he said about Dvorsky. Dvorsky gives the, the Blues an excellent young center – talent, one who could play behind Robert Thomas in four to five years. He's very skilled, but also competitive and has some of the physicality that they tend to covet. Skating is a minor issue. And because of that, we will see what he takes that major step versus men, but he has an excellent prospect who becomes the top young talent in their system. So uh, two for two so far, pretty, pretty fine. Not too upset about it. Uh, you ready to talk about Lindstein? Oh God, here it comes. People were upset. Curious. And, um, and I, you know, there's this guy who's floating around. What's his name? Top down hockey, uh, AKA, uh, Patrick Bacon. Yeah. Um, and look, I have nothing against this guy, but like, I've never seen him before this week. So, uh, I don't know why we suddenly think this guy's the Don of hockey. He ranked both of our last two picks pretty poorly. Um, and so, you know, we'll see if he's right. However, uh, a lot of other people have not ranked our other picks very badly, uh, and including, um, Thea Lindstein, including Corey Promen, who put Lindstein, I think he ranked him like 40th, but, um, uh, did, Bob McKenzie ranked him 26th, which is one pick behind where we got him. Um, here's what Promen has to say. Lindstein's Split time between Brynäs SHL and uh, J20 team this season, but got more time up in the SHL in a limited minutes role. He was a major part of Sweden's U18 team during the course of the season. He was also on Sweden's U18 team as a 16-year-old. His game is quite quiet but effective. He's a strong skater who can kill a lot of rushes and transport pucks up ice. He's a smart puck mover who makes a great first pass and has some blue line poise. He can make some tough plays and get into attacks, even though I wouldn't call his offensive touch a standout aspect. He's not that physical, but Lindstein defends well due to his brain and feet and gives a solid effort. I see him as a third-pair defenseman in the NHL. St. Louis Addresses a critical organizational need by adding Lindstein, a strong skating defenseman who can move the puck. He isn't the flashiest player in the world, and he's average size, but he's a quality defenseman with a good chance to have an NHL career. And with the 29th pick, I think that's pretty okay. <laughs> like right. people act like this is a disaster, the end of the world, whatever. Um, I think you know there were other players we could have picked. Obviously, Keith Kachuk was not happy. He probably wanted that friggin' uh, uh, Cutlass guy or Diamond guy, whatever his name was, Jim Stones. I forget. I forget. 
Ruby. You know the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Crystal. 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 He's still there. Do you know he's still there? I mean, we're not going to get him, but. Maybe um, he'll keep sliding. Slide all the way to the third round. Yeah, I mean, even if this is a bad pick, I'll just say that, okay, it's a shitty pick and he doesn't make the NHL. I don't know. Sometimes that happens. (laughs) Again, if, uh, if it was their only pick, then yeah, that's really bad. But it's their latest of all three of their first round picks. And I mean, from all accounts, even this Wheeler stuff, it sounds like they still think he's going to make the NHL. Um, he's <laughs> Lindstein is an unspectacular but solid to a defenseman with well-rounded and mature game. Has already seen action in 49 SHL games in the last two seasons. He was also an alternate captain, a big part of Sweden's top four at U18 Worlds. Will have a chance to make their world junior team in this post-draft season. His game isn't flashy, but he plays very sure of himself. He makes his decisions quickly. He executes and he defends at a high level. There's just a presence and detail to his game out there. He manages play and uses strong positioning, a good stick, and a heady approach to have his impact. There's not a lot, not a lot of offense in his game, but it feels like he's got a fairly high floor slash likelihood of becoming a solid deep partner to someone in the NHL long term. So again, like I don't know. Sometimes to me, it is like you do guys like Carl Gunderson do get drafted, and. I know it's kind of silly when it's like that's what you used a first round pick, but it's like the higher up you are, the more likely they are to make it. So sometimes it's not so much that, oh, that guy has to be like light the world on fire in the first round. It's like, no, he's going to just be a steady top six defenseman, but we're like pretty damn sure he will be in the NHL and do that for you. And I can't, I can't stress this enough because people need to realize this. If you get Carl Gunnarsson with the 29th pick, if like the player you draft has Carl Gunnarsson's career, you have heavily outperformed. I was like, that's fantastic. Like you, people get, think that, that first round picks are far more valuable than later round picks they're mm-hmm. just not they're just i mean they drop off everything pretty hard. from like everything from like 12 to like the fourth round is pretty much equivalent in terms of, of potential value so um i mean you we'll can see it in every draft even the ones where lots of people make it out of the first round you're like yeah. boom nhl player nhl player nhl player and then you get to like 14 15 and there's like two or three and then you know there's a smattering after that it's that's what it's like every single draft so yeah. and i think it's only different in this let's draft go back because there's a lot of them but or there's been let's, a lot of talent let's just go back to the 2018 just for fun uh you've got you've got rasmus Dahlin, solid nhl player andre stachnikov very good nhl player just very Kanyemi, brady kachuk those are your first four picks Number five, Barrett Hayton, beloved at the time, hasn't even cracked through yet, I don't think, with the Coyotes. Uh, number six, Philip Zadina has not made much of an impact with the Red Wings. Uh, Quinn Hughes at number seven. Adam Boquist at number eight hasn't, uh, you know, hasn't been a stud for the Blue Jackets. Evan Bouchard, very good. Oliver Wallstrom hasn't really broken through. Uh, Noah Dobson, very good. Um, Ty Delandria, okay. Joel Farabee, pretty good. Gregory Denisenko, solid. Martin Kaut, uh, with the Avalanche, total bust. And if you look, if you look at where we were at in the draft, uh, Dominic Bach was the 25th pick, ironically. So we drafted him at 25th. That obviously didn't work out. 
Um, Jacob Bernard, Mark Bernard Docker at 26. I think he's expected to be okay. Um, and then the 29th pick was Rasmus Sandin, which, you know, another Swedish defenseman. If we get a Rasmus Sandin type out of this pick, we can't be upset. <laughs> like I was even going to um, say like 22 is Keandre Miller. And at the time, I don't think we were like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. like what a, what a stellar pick. It was just like, yeah, that's just a defenseman. Hopefully it plays well for you. Yeah. And he's, and he's, you know, I'd be ecstatic to have somebody like that, but it's like, you're not, these guys just aren't, yeah, they're not going to be huge breakthroughs. And when they are, it's one of those things where it's, you're, you would have never known. Yeah. I was like, even, let's see, I was trying to see if there's like anything like this. Like, even if you go back into freaking 2017, I mean, we had some cost in there, but yeah, there's like, you get to people where I just haven't seen them or they're, they're, an okay pick mm-hmm. they're a fine nhler um and like here's a perfect example rasmus sandine very solid nhl defenseman young defenseman number 30 pick joe valeno was a exceptional status player highly touted i'm sure a lot of people with the maple leafs or you know different organizations as you go from pick 26 27 28 29 whatever are thinking what a disaster. We didn't pick Joe Valeno. How are we taking a chance on this Rasmus Sandin guy? Uh, obviously, you'd rather have Rasmus Sandin than uh, Joe Valeno now with his NHL career. Now, again, all of that is is not to say that we made the best picks or that we're guaranteed to have success. It's just to say that it's really more of a crapshoot than we think that it is. And the uh, Blues front office definitely knows this team or these players better than we do, you know? So um, oh, yeah. that's all I have to say. I mean, yeah, I was just looking through some of these late, like last 10 picks and some of these first rounds. It's like, yeah, you get some like Sam Steele, a Trent Frederick, but even those guys, again, they're a, they're a, a late first round pick. And you're like, wow, you know, I hope they do really well. They're fourth line guys. They've been traded already. Like that's not saying they're bad, but it's just like, they're not some dude that's like, wow, we got, Vladimir Tarasenko at pick number 30 or something. It's just, they're different. And like I said, it's, it's almost trying to guarantee that they're making the NHL at that point in the first round, not so much like they're making the NHL and they're the most dynamic player you'll ever see on this team or whatever. That's always going to be top half of the first round. And like, even then it's probably in most, in most years, it's probably like top 10, top five, most years even. So you're just, you're never guaranteed this stuff. So, like I said, they've picked three guys out of the Swedish league. Like, they've seen this guy a lot, probably. They have scouts over there. I've seen him a lot. And if they if they like what they've seen, then, I don't know, I can't really fault them for that. I don't know, Jack, shit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, we're being positive, folks. This is, you know, grab onto this, bottle it for later when even... we're dagger this team. <laughs> I didn't even expect to be positive when we got on this show, but that's right. It's oh, it was God. a solid draft. Oh no, here we go. Now the uh, negativity. <laughs> the coyotes have identified six possible sites for a new arena. Just to quote Elaine Venice, just die already. <laughs> God, go. stop it. 
we'll never we'll never quit <laughs> it would be great if xavier gutierrez was like we've identified six sites for a, a for a new arena uh salt lake city we got houston <laughs> we've got quebec city maybe hartford give them a chance there's a lot of sites baby oh god uh okay anyway um let now that we've talked about who the players have drafted let's talk about what the blues didn't do uh which is to say trade any of those picks um any thoughts on the decision not to make a move there well let's say this it takes again as i said earlier it takes two to tango nobody made any trades today and this week has been relatively quiet there were some deals made that wouldn't have made any sense for the boys also if you've gotten this far and you don't know and you're wondering why we haven't talked about the kevin hayes trade we did do a bonus episode where we talked about that uh two or three days ago so that's in the feed just go to the you know how on a podcast feed there's an episode the older episode is the one right before this one you quick play on that one and then that'll be we're live we're live on both episodes right now that's we're live 24 7 for your amusement um, exactly. I have settled into the Kevin Hayes trade. I'm, I obviously don't think that's the salve for the scene that makes them a great team, but if, I do think they did need NHL center depth and they got that. And Kevin Hayes isn't a terrible player. He's not going to be great defensively. Um, but I do think that he, I mean, he had a career year last year, points wise, and he, just didn't gel with Tortorella and he seems pretty motivated here now. I mean, I know that's what they all say all the time when they get traded, but I mean, he seems like a guy that probably is going to like it here, especially with his like connection to like Keith Kachuk. I don't know what they are. They're like cousins or he's like, his great. He's just like second uncle. I don't know. They're related. Um, I think he'll be a good fit. And I think it makes our lineup a little more dynamic and interesting in terms of where you can slot like Shen or, or Hayes and some of these other players that we just got last year and like Kapman and Verona. So I'm excited, but um, we didn't get rid of Krug. We didn't get rid of Pareko. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we, we added somebody at Ford and like, that's pretty good. And then it's like, you go literally down the page as you look at like what our lineup would be. And you're like, Oh fuck, they're all still here. <laughs> and you're like, Oh Ah, shit, I forgot about the rest of you. I thought you all had gone away. Um, yeah, they. Uh, the, the problem with keeping these picks is just that, like, those were sweeteners to get rid of a Krug or to get rid of a Pareko. I don't know if you had to necessarily get rid of Pareko. I feel like someone would actually probably bite on that. So maybe, the, maybe that's someone you can move. I don't know that that's the one they want to move, though. They're probably going to try and move Krug. But you don't have anything to give them other than like a first next year i kind of like don't do that because i don't know how those teams are perform please do not give do up not like future next year under first. any circumstances yeah no way dude that's gonna be I, a florida pick i don't sure. think i don't think that he will no i mean that's yeah that's me making pulling that out of my ass but like i just don't know how they get rid of some of these contracts without like some sort of sweetener unless the other team just really loves them you know unless someone's like we really don't mind tory krug you know what do you want for him but i feel like if that was the case he'd probably be gone i do um, think that's possible with pareko right do you think there's a team that could talk themselves into like hey he's he's controlled he's cheap we know he's like a solid top four right-handed defenseman the cap's gonna go up all that stuff like 
Um, Krug, I mean, I think could could the Bruins talk themselves into it? Sure. Are they gonna? I don't think so. Um, and Falk to me is still probably the one you keep most likely. Um, not that he's necessarily the best, but just his, his, he kind of fits. He's kind of fine. He's got the fewest years left on his deal, like that sort of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. here's, here's what I think we learned, um, really more than anything tonight. I think we learned that uh, the Blues do not plan to be competitive in the next three years. Um, and I don't mean I like I'm I'm kind of relieved. Like here's here's what I really didn't want to have happen tonight. I really didn't want us to package two of these picks for a pretty good player who will be a blue for three years and then free agent eligible. Like like I'll say I'll come right out and say it. Like I think if you're not a little worried about Pavel Buchnevich you're crazy. Like he's on the second to last year of his deal. He's going to be 29. You've either got to, that's a nasty decision you had to make where you've got to choose between trading him for futures or giving him a seven or eight year deal when you know, he's going to be, you know, on the downtrend, most of that deal. So people may not like to hear that, but anyway, that's a, that's kind of a, that's kind of an aside. What I do think is um, Armstrong, could you make, could you find that tweet from, I think JR tweeted it where Armstrong talked about the Kevin Hayes fitting our, Oh yeah. Or whatever, our timeline. And I'm like, that to me didn't read like Kevin Hayes fits our timeline to succeed. It <laughs> read more like Kevin Hayes is a body who can be here and make us look okay while we actually try to succeed in three or four years. If you look at this team in four seasons, the Krug and Falk contracts are done. Letty will be done in three. Um, obviously, uh, Scandella's done after this season. Bennington's done um, after three or four seasons. We just drafted three guys who probably aren't going to be ready until at least you know three seasons down the road. Um, you have Krug and you've got Cairo and Thomas locked up. They're just starting their eight year deals. So three years from now, they have tons of time left. Um, Shen, you know, I think will be a tradable asset. Probably you can eat some cap. Sod will be gone in three years. Hayes will be gone in three years. Like I, we talk about this team, like it's defense, like everything's cap wise is a nightmare. And it is right now. It's awful. Um, but the cap will be going up and, Pareko's contract is bad. I'd love to get rid of it. But if you're four years from now and you've only got Pareko, like if you're entering the 2027-28 season and you've only got Pareko as a four-year, you know, four years left on that deal at 6.5 million, but Krug is gone, Falk is gone, Bennington's gone, uh, Shin has one season left, Sod and Hayes are gone it's like a totally different team then. And listen, I don't want to, nobody wants to hear like, Oh, the blues are going to next be really competitive in 2027, 28. But like, if they can be okay until then, and then be ready to go in like 2020, let's say 26, 27, where they're really trying to compete, you know, um, I prefer that to them entering like a, a scorched earth rebuild. And I think the way they go into a scorched earth rebuild is if they, 
do make moves now that try to make us really good next season and just kind of delude themselves into thinking that the defense and or the goaltending is going to be okay because i think we've i mean the defense is so bad that we're all kind of whistling past the graveyard of bennington isn't any good and his backup is a 22 year old guy who's never played in the <laughs> nhl before like it's funny to me how little we're talking about um you know the the goaltending situation just because of everything else um yeah i don't know yeah here's the quote uh, army on the haste trade he was saying we're trying to add players to our group and keep as many assets as we can he's sort of in the vein of getting Kapanen or Verana another good NHL player who plays in our top nine contract fits into our structure timeline fits into our structure in the next few years we see the strength of our younger players being wingers right now but it doesn't preclude anyone from getting into our group so all the circumstances came together I do think when you say when you were mentioning earlier that it doesn't necessarily mean like, hey, fits our window of like we're competing and we're going to win a cup. It's like, no, he fits our window of like transition. I definitely don't know if it's like fits our window of rebuild or whatever. And of course, he would say re whatever. But it definitely is like fits our transition window. I mean, it's not. It's not. um without thought that he says something like uh, he does a thing where he compares them to, or he compares us to captain and Verana who could just be gone next summer, you know, or we trade at the deadline if we aren't playing very well. It's like, he sees Hayes as just a slightly longer term Verana or captain. Or it's like, is it going to work out here? Maybe that'd be cool. And if it does, we might still get rid of you because you're 34. And if it doesn't, well, we get rid of you because you're 34. You know, it's like he's making three and a half million. That might be a little too much if he's on the downturn. But if he plays decent, if he plays 40 points to 50 points, you know, or whatever, uh, a season for at least two of those, like that's pretty good money well spent. I, I think you're right. I just think he, Armstrong is so allergic to tipping his hand at all in any facet of what he's doing like he talks more than Lou Lamarillo but he doesn't really like and he'll joke and he'll laugh and he'll give you some you know he'll tell you what he just did about Kevin Hayes but he's not going to be like we are transitioning our core right now and we are going Mm -hmm. to be doing this or whatever he will kind of hint at it and I think that's as close as he's gotten is basically just saying like they fit they fit our window. They fit our, our, you know, they fit our circumstance. And he even talks about how um, he's seeing younger players come into the lineup and that's what, that's what we're going to be. And that's what we're going to do. And I do think he is a little more committed to maybe a youth movement with this team right now. Cause I mean, if you just have Kevin Hayes as your only addition, like that's still a lot of young guys, Thomas, Cairo, neighbors, um, I guess, I don't know how young Blay is at this point, but like Blay, you've just got like a lot of young dude. And then you got Snuggerud year after this. You got Bolduke maybe trying to make an impression this year because you'll be playing the AHL. Um, you just have a lot of movement, at least in that forward group, to try and crack the lineup and make it work. But again, it's, it's, I get hung up there because there's, to me, it's just so annoying to talk about the defense where it's like, what, it, what if you're if we're transitioning we have to transition 
out of this defense. You can't be like, we're transitioning. There's new young wingers. We're moving people around. If this UFA in Brown doesn't work, he's gone the next summer. Like, that's cool, man. This is literally shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic. I'm like, yeah, but like the fucking iceberg's still there, bro. You still got <laughs> Falk and Pareko and Letty and, and Ian Krug. T- Ian, too soon to use that analogy. Too I'm soon. so sorry. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. I was like, it was a long time. Okay. Well, you know, we're only talking about just the Titanic and nothing else. Um, yeah, it's just like, what is the plan? And I will give him credit. He was trying to move Krug. Like, I know mm-hmm. that's a rumor. I know they asked him about that, and he said, I don't deal in rumors. Um, and then they asked him some other question about it, and he said the exact same thing. Um, but yeah, like the, he tried. So I'm not going to give him like full marks and be like, well, he tried the end. Like a lot of fans probably will, like, what do you want him to do? I'm like, not give people no trade clauses like candy. That's what I would like him to do. I don't think you can say he tried and then be like, oh, okay, well, you're absolved or whatever. Like I, I slashed your tires, but Steven, I called Enterprise to try and get you a rental car. They're closed, but I did try. And it's like, oh, okay, well, thanks for trying. It's like, you slashed my fucking tires. <laughs> like, you, Krug's still here. That's your fault. And I'm, I'm not even like an, an army hater. It's just that like the where we are at is because of what he has done to this point with like, handling this team i mean namely on defense but um i think that's the biggest thing with this draft is like i'm happy with the draft picks but like i'm just kind of annoyed that we made them all i guess because i just was hoping that he was going to get creative to get some of these guys out of here he still can july 1st is still around the corner there's still mm-hmm. a little summer i get there's no like trade deadline well but- the longer you get through these, the further away you get from these active times when the GMs are all on the phones, they're talking and they're doing stuff, the more I'm like, and it's the same. I had thoughts about that, but first I have to share Ian what I've just discovered, thanks to Scott Wheeler's intrepid reporting. Otto Stenberg has younger brothers who are named Ivar and Newt, 15 and 13 years old, and the Blues must draft them all. They must draft all of these players, all of the Stenbergs. <laughs> It'll be the new Plager twins. We'll have the Stenberg triplets, Otto, Ivar, and Newt, and we will be unstoppable. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so to your point, uh, there will be a lot of, oh, well, it's really early in the offseason takes going forward. I just want to be very clear. It is not early in the offseason. Uh-huh. At best, we're at the middle of the offseason. People act like a lot of stuff happens after July 1st. It doesn't. Um, so, And we've just traded our two most tradable assets, and we took up a lot of our pe- our capital, our, our draft salary cap capital uh, by getting the Hayes trade. Um, you know, obviously things can still happen. Obviously things can happen late. Um, but I don't think in a million years, Armstrong is going to trade his first round pick next year um, because I don't think he's crazy enough to think this team is a, a, a top competitor. Right. I mean, you have, here's the thing. Here's the thing that, I mean, you you can't, you're never going to know with Doug Armstrong. You have to say that you want to compete for the playoffs, right? right? Yeah. Unless you're doing this, unless you're really doing the down to the like an actual rebuild. Yeah. You got to, you got to tell. And even then sometimes people will have the audacity to say, it, you know, so like you have to say that. I don't know how 
anything about the moves he has made so far since last year could suggest to you that he expects to be a competitive team this year. Maybe a playoff fringe team, like you tweeted. Right. The, for, the forward core is probably like a fringe playoff forward core. I think the defense more than offsets that, to be honest, <laughs> in the goaltending. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I just think people don't probably want to hear this, but I just think tonight kind of sealed our fate as like, okay, it's going to be a couple years till we're really good again. But personally, I would prefer that to making moves that are desperate to compete now, because that's how you do things like end up with Eric Carlson on an eight year, $11 million contract and, and really like really, really screw yourself right now. We think it's really bad because we've got all these rough contracts and, and yada, 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 all that stuff. But like in four years, those contracts will be falling off. Uh, Thomas will be 27. Cairo will be 28 or 29 and we'll still be fine. You know? So like, I, I don't know. We'll see. Oh, yeah. A lot can change. Maybe Doug will still do something crazy. Um, but it's just hard to imagine uh, what that could be at this point. Um, you know, maybe, maybe he really still will manage to find a way to convince someone that they, that they want one of his defensemen without giving up um, draft picks. Like, I mean, you got to remember Krug, Krug in a first were bringing back Hayes and Sanheim. So like the first has to be, you can't assume that the first was just to dump Krug because we were getting at least one valuable player back. Um, I wonder if that still happens. I wonder if somehow we still end up with Sanheim and move Krug just somewhere else. Like, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a three-way trade. It's more of a V. We we work with we work to get Sandheim. We work with some other team. We get rid of Cruz. Like I don't know. It just seems like something that they could like still circle around on. Um, yeah. I don't know. I didn't think about this. I don't, don't know. I completely missed this. Uh, you know, the Blues hired on different hired Steen as like a player development coach. Their European player development manager coach whatever and like he lives in sweden and helps some like junior team and like he's definitely probably seen all three of these players and he definitely probably <laughs> talked to the blues about them so it is kind of interesting i think that maybe like he had some part in this draft maybe that's why keith chuck's fucking pissed yeah maybe i live in um, st louis that dude left you gotta listen to me exactly uh so that's kind of my 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 big takeaways for tonight are um i think we've moved our our competitive timeline officially back which is fine with me honestly uh i think um oh kevin hayes came to nashville to meet with the team good for him very fun uh i think it's cool to have kevin hayes i know we talked about that but like just to recap like you can't be mad about that trade I don't think he's a player that I particularly wanted, but he'll be fun and he'll be good influence on the boys, you know, the boys, uh, boys. nobody in the locker room is going to get a divorce key when Kevin Hayes is around. That's for sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about that. Um, it's all fine. It's all good. We're being positive. Hey, it's crazy. Don't be too upset. No summertime sadness. Summer, summer, summer time. Although here, I'll leave you with this. Uh, Armstrong said, uh, Korak, just tweet this out. 
I know our defense gets a lot of scrutiny from the media, but we need them to play back to the best of their capability. That's our focus now to get into training camp. Oh, it's more than the media, Doug. It's everybody. Yeah. And listen, he's saying that. And if if he doesn't think he can get rid of those guys, that's all he can say. So. Right. Well, remember, Halak, Halak was the goalie of the future until two days later when he wasn't. So Yeah. I do. Yeah, exactly. That's the you same guy. You can't be out there saying, yeah, these guys fucking suck. <laughs> we want to get I rid did of try them. to remove Krugan. Nobody wants Why won't them. somebody take him? Like, it's just dumb. People are dumb. It's not as easy to be a GM as we think or as we See? like to pretend. We love Doug Armstrong. Yo, look, when people are like, who else would you like to be in there? Honestly, pretty much nobody else. I'm just wanting him to get back to good old Doug, you know? Back to the yeah. good old Doug days. Good old Doug. We uh, miss the you. Doug days of summer. Um, speaking of good old Doug, uh, last year's, this year's, that's last year's, this year's, next year's, last year's, last year's Ivan Barbashev signed for. I wonder what year I actually end up on ended up on. Somebody will go. Maybe you got to 2014. Yeah, I might have. Um, I think I did too many next years, but uh in any case. <laughs> Signed five by five with Vegas. I'll admit, I thought somebody was going to overpay for him even more than that. Rest assured, that is an overpay. Um, but not a bad piece of business by the Vegas oh, yeah. Knights. I definitely thought he was going to get like six somewhere. And I was like, ooh, woof. I mean, good for him for sure. But yeah, <laughs> that's cool. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't picture him staying in Vegas. I didn't know if they're going to have the money for it. Actually, uh-huh. I don't think they did. I totally forgot they, they traded swap Riley Smith out. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's that's gone. such a Vegas move. Fuck you. You're gone. We got this new. We got <laughs> this. Do you want to So now we're down to five original Golden Knights, I believe. Barbashev, who has an eight-team no-trade list, and a, for the next three years, and then the five-team after that. Doug, you could give people that deal. You <laughs> fucking idiot guy. I like how Vegas does even that. Yo, see, we're not against. We're we're all about keeping players and you stay with the golden knights family oh you get no trade clause like how many teams do i get five i realize that i realize that uh vegas is is bringing people to vegas so you know they've yeah. got a little bit of an easier value prop than other people but like god how do we have nine no trade clauses i, w- I was reading a lot of that or hearing a lot of that this week where they're like i don't think anyone directly was like how could the blues ask Tory Krug to waive his no trade. I think it just in general, people were commenting like, yeah, it seems like you give him a no trade. Isn't it like a little like passe to be like asking him to waive it? And I'm like, no, bro, it's a clause. You can, you have the option to say no, but they're going to ask you. You can't be like, how dare you? It's like you have, yeah. it's, and especially if it's like modified or something too, it's like, so we could trade. <laughs> um, and then you say no. And then people are like, they shouldn't keep asking them. I'm like, you can keep it. I mean, it's not like a no trade clause. Don't hound me anymore. Like, sure. If they're like just all over you, I can see where it crosses the line, but if they're like, Hey, talk to the flyers front office, they'll, you know, Tori, they'll tell you about, you know, good schools there. And like, you know, the players and the coaching staff and like the, the, how the organization performs and locker room and all that stuff. It's like, that's not really like hounding the dude. You're just trying to give him a better picture of like where he might be traded to sort of thing. I would want that as a player. Um, but yeah, it just seemed kind of silly. We're like, you really shouldn't have, you really shouldn't ask him if you give him a no trade clause. And I'm like, well then why not? Get, why not a no move clause then? Why not just a, you know what? I promise in blood, you'll never be moved. <laughs> it's like, there's a reason there's like different versions of these. 
And also that happens all the time. So if a, if a player that's on a contract can go to the team, like, dude, trade me. I think you as a team can go ask a player with a clause, like, yo, we would you waive this? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Um, I just think that whole thing is, is dumb. Like it didn't happen. It fell apart. Yeah. That's fine. People need to stop freaking out. Whatever. Move on. Whatever. Like, I don't know, maybe you disagree, but like, just like maybe something else materializes Oh yeah. to me though. If you're carrying this into next season as like a fan, like I'm not going to yuck your yum, be mad at whoever you want to be mad at, hate whoever you want to hate, but like, Oh, that's cool. Sorry. <laughs> Jim, Jim, <laughs> Nils, Jim Nils said Ben Bishop will be the director of player development for the stars starting on July 1st. His that's contract cool. with the Buffalo Sabres will expire. I forgot he was traded to them. His NHL playing career will officially be done. Good, good news. Good news. Happy news. Got to retweet that. That's happy news. That was good. I forgot he was in the league still. I thought he was, I, I thought he had retired. I forgot he was an NHL player. <laughs> Um, good for them. Uh, in any case, uh, yeah, I think we've said everything we need to say for the time being. Um, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? Um, put your money on dollar bill Dvorsky. Oh, baby. He's such a stud. I'm all in on dollar bill Dvorsky. Uh, yeah, everybody, you have a wonderful Wonderful night. Enjoy your evening. Take a deep breath. Remember that none of these players are going to affect your life one way or the other for like two or three years. Oh, our and next um, episode. Our next episode is going to be live, live from Florida. Is it? That's crazy. Yeah, because I'm going to be oh, out of town. All right. So you're not. But then I'll be out of town there. Yeah, oh, for July true. 1st. Nah. Bitch I'm going to be watching uh, freaking Hamilton. Listen, folks. In LA? No, in New York. We're going to New York, to then LA. LA. Then, I'm, bro, I'm, I'm, fucking I'm what? Flying all over the place. What? Yeah. We said. I said to myself. I said. I says to myself. I go. I've been in New York one time. It was like 20 years ago, literally. And then I've only ever been to LAX, and those are like the two biggest cities in the U.S. Let's I just go hang out in those. I genuinely think. This is this is going to be so weird to say it this way, but like I need to get married. Number one reason I need someone to force me to travel because like I want to do all this stuff, but I'm never going to like make the plans to just go by myself, you know, like I yeah, need somebody else in there to make it happen. Uh, well, cool. Um, I'll figure out something. I mean, if the boys do anything, the chances are going to be fucking won't. dumb. But if if uh, if anything happens, we'll find a a guest host ponder probably owes me an appearance or somebody owes me a couple. You owe me a pound of flesh ponder. (laughs) Ponder. It's time to give your pound of flesh. Um, But yeah. So uh, all right. So that's cool. And then, yeah, you'll be live and and thriving in Florida. You'll get to see uh, the, the, new house the outside of it i won't live there yet but you'll get to see it anyway you'll have to schedule another trip so you can see the inside, inside. <laughs> wow I hope the inside is as nice as the outside can we just peer into the window the people that are currently living there or you'll be saying wow the outside's really shit i hope the inside's a lot better <laughs> I, I wish i could see the inside yeah uh all right um 
one thing that I forgot to say that I wanted to say tonight is that tomorrow somehow will be six years since we started doing this podcast. Oh yeah. I don't know how that's possible. I I'm so old. I'm basically dead. My I life do. is pretty much over. I feel that I do definitely feel extremely old these it days. Do and I don't be like feeling it. like that sometimes. And that's okay. Listen, we're both going to die very soon. And you'll find new podcasts to listen to, and that's okay. Um, you can really listen to audiobooks. <laughs> I will not make that. I will not make that the app pro for the podcast. I refuse. Oh, God. I've got to now. I can't. I won't. So I'm like, oh, I... no, something happened. <laughs> Somebody just skips to the end because that's their favorite part of the episode. <laughs> oh, fuck. Go back. Go back. Yeah. Were they both alive? Exactly. Um, all right. So, all of that said, uh, thank you all who have been listening, whether you've been listening for six years or six minutes um, or one or six of your lives, because most of you are cats. Uh, that was a little, little nine lives pun for you. Um, <laughs> they love that. I'm sure, I'm sure they did. Um, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. I don't have a big speech planned, but I just want to. Oh, yeah. That's it's why. been a blast. And I'd go okay. crazy otherwise. I'd go crazy <laughs> with all these hockey butts without being able to speak them aloud. That's right. And tweet them into the world. Um, who who did this tool rank? This <laughs> listen, listen. I have no problem with this Patrick Bacon guy. <laughs> yeah, this sure sounds like it. Uh, <laughs> this massive fucking tool, Patrick Bacon. But I think the whole friggin' idea. The whole point of people overreacting to him should be nullified by the fact that he put that he ranked Connor Bedard number two. Oh, like yeah. I get it, bro. That's fine. R- rank whoever you want to, whatever you want to. But like, I don't know, man. Anyway, uh, this guy's great. Patrick Bacon's great. I could go <laughs> for some bacon right now. Been a long day. I'm very tired. Uh, dollar bill divorce all the way. Never forget. Um, to save it for a rainy day. Enjoy your evening. Ian's pantomiming to his wife. It's been a wonderful draft day. We hope you have a good night. See ya. If you change your mind, take a chance on the first thing in line. On the arms feel free. Take a chance on me. If you need me, let me know. Gonna be around. If you got no place to go, when you're feeling down. If you're all alone.